Welcome to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast, the podcast that shows you how to build a world-class service business from the dirt up. And now your host, Mark Stoner. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Surefire Live. Thank you for joining me tonight. Uh, I have my good friend Tim Reed on. We were just talking a few a few minutes before the show, and uh, he's like, "I'm not really sure what we're talking about." I said, "Man, it's always an easy talk," and he's one of the easiest, most relatable guys in the business. So uh, I have faith that gold is going to come out of uh, of his vocal cords tonight. So I uh, hope you guys are doing well. Uh, it is busy season. I see a lot of people, you know, going out there and saying, "Hey, uh, man, we're busier than ever." and I know these conversations always change through the year. Like, you know, it was sometimes it was tough. Now, now here comes all the work. And us at Surefire, we know that it's so funny. We can watch the trends of how much people use the platform to train. And the high mark for us is in April. So we were watching, we were looking at today where the high mark is in April, where most people are really training. And then through the through this time of year, everybody kind of kind of backs away from training, but it is the time of year you should be training. But, oh, we got our first comment. Let's see what they say. Uh, how's it going? I think uh, – I, I can't see who this is, so I, things are going well. I hope the um, – uh, I think – and Tim will talk about how it's going for him. Um, business is great right now. Schedules are full. Phones are going. Uh, the first part of the stressiness of the of the uh, in, of the season is happening. We've had a couple little accidents, a couple little like my mechanic got in a bad car wreck yesterday, two days ago, and had another guy hurt his shoulder. And so these little things are happening, which causes your schedule to get flipped upside down. And you know, it's all this. Oh, hey, it's it's Young Ian. Hey, Young Ian. He's over in Scotland. Good to see you, man. It's late for you to be tuning in right now. It's like two in the morning over where you are. So thank you for joining us tonight. So uh, I, I'm wearing my, it's so funny. I had a doctor's appointment today and uh, I, this Aurora heated vest, the guy's like, uh, are you in the medical field? And I'm like, no. And he's like, well, all the medical docs in the, um, in the anesthesia, wear these because they're heated. You know, you push the button right here and it's a heated vest. And not, I have no affiliation with this company, but I'm telling you, this thing is nice. It keeps you nice and toasty. And then you can turn it down, actually. You can go to like one step. I didn't turn down, right? But it turns it turns down automatically as you wear it goes from like uh, red to white to blue, I think is what it does. But anyway, my little promo, but that's what I'm wearing tonight because I don't like to be cold. All right. That being said, let's talk. Uh, let's talk to the hottest guy in the business, Tim Reed. Hey, man. Hey, what's up, Mark? How you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? <clears throat> I'm good. I can't believe you said that uh, I didn't know what we were going to talk about. That was just between you and me. I mean, I'll talk about what we really talk about. <laughs> it's just being real. You're like, hey, what are we going over? Yeah. Like, Man, we're going to cut. Well, I, I ask him, will you talk about the seven step sales yeah. process? So he, it's, he knows that so well that he doesn't even think he's talking about anything. But it's, you know, it's so funny. Bob uh, Fawn, and I don't think he'll mind me saying, he's like, man, t- t- you know, tell me about the sales process. And, and I replayed him your, your, when you talked about sales process. Yeah. And I looked, it was like two years ago. I'm like, Yes. No way has that been two years. And so then I sent you a message saying, man, we need to, we yeah. need to have another talk. So, so tell me, how's things going, man? What's happening out in your world? 
Man, things are good. I've been in a pretty busy travel spell. So in the last, I think, four days, I've been in, I think, four states or, or something like that. Uh, so it's been been pretty busy travel-wise. But what has been really cool is I've been seeing a lot of the industry. And most of my travel is usually done in the springtime. I don't travel as much during the busy season. But it's been pretty cool to see how companies are doing in the thick of it. So that's been kind of my world lately. So again, just to remind people, you do your Firetime podcast. Yep. Get the Firetime magazine. Yep. And you've got Wi-Fi yeah. and you got sales training. So is there yeah. any, and you play guitar. Are there, are there any, is there anything else? That, oh, no, you mentioned that you do have a new thing. And do you want to talk about it now or talk about it at the end? We can talk about it at the end. I do. Uh, yeah. I, I, I keep, I keep my hands full. I, I, uh, believe it or not, I, I got some other hobbies too, besides those things. So, you know, I feel like, man, uh, you know, you got, well, you're a family guy, you got kids, you got a yeah. wife, like you do. Yeah. Have a, yeah I, you got to do it on the field. You got to, you got to put first things first and then everything else just seems to, you know, work itself out. Yeah. So what are you seeing out there? What do you, you're visiting companies, you're helping companies yeah. with their sales process, with their hearth stores, with their, yeah. you know, you've helped help people see it from a different angle. So what are you, what are you seeing out there? Man, I, I'll tell you, like in the last six months or so, I, I am seeing a resonance with the sales process that I've never seen before. So, and we can get into the steps of it and all that. I, I believe as a sales professional, you have to have a process. A professional has a process for what they do and an amateur doesn't. An amateur says, I'm a natural, but like, you know, Steph Curry's got a process for how he shoots a jump shot every single time. He knows where his elbow's going. He knows how his release is going. An amateur says, well, I'll just show up at the at the game and just, you know, it'll just work itself out. So, so a professional needs a process. And as I've been traveling, working with companies, I think that in the prior years, people could get away without a process because there were so many customers that were just dying to give you money because of scarcity and because of fear. And as that has started to dry up, I think that many companies have let their sales muscles atrophy. And so now it's kind of sales by accident. And this is not everybody, but I think that when things are really good, that's that's the that's the the thing we have to be really careful of is not to get relaxed in our, in our processes. And so, yeah, that, that's what I've been seeing. It's just, it's just a hunger. And, and as I've talked with folks about the sales process, like really seeing resonance where it clicks and, and, and folks are like, dude, like, yes, like that's it. That explains why it works when I, when I, when I do it. You know, you bring up a couple of good points, but like the one thing about what I've noticed is our business has gotten more complex. Our inspections are more complex. The product offerings are more complex. The codes are more complex. Customers are more complex. Our software is more complex. Yet we as a company did not really, we kept the same basic sales thing where let me just show them what they need. And if you want it, great. And if you don't, great. Uh, And then I'm sure they'll want it. And then, you know, I was in a little conversation with a guy who watched the show last week with, uh, with uh, Alan where he's like, Hey, I don't really sell. I, I want to serve. I want to yeah. serve people. And, you know, then they'll, you know, when I serve that way, they'll buy, which I totally agree. I never yeah. want to say we're not serving. I'm not ever trying to sell, yeah. but I did notice as I build a company, 
there's a vast difference in how everybody does it. And if I don't at least have a process in my company, everybody, like you said, does it their own way. And I get wildly different results, wildly different from a guy who's absolutely, you know, communicates well to the guy who can't sell this glass of water to a guy in the desert. He can't sell it. The people just don't like him. And they're like, I don't buy, I wouldn't buy anything from him. So can you talk about, we got a couple more uh, comments real quick. Got a, hey, uh, being honest this year, we haven't managed to get out of the thick of it with electric costs and storms this year. He is in actually in Scotland, so he's facing a different thing. And, and they, he and his dad and his grandfather have a third, three-generation chimney. Wow. Company. They're fantastic wow. people. And then we got another person saying, hello, everyone. If you guys want me to see who you are, you have to give them permission in, in uh, StreamYard so your name pops up. But I, I'll take any comment. So can you I, – I know you do this all the time, yeah. but can you say your seven-step sales process? And yeah. if you want to pick an, a little bit on each one or you want to pick, like, a main one. Yeah. And so let's just go through – because – let me just say this. Yeah. I've been I've been a fan of your sales process for a long time. Before the show, I love it. I'm trying to roll it out of my company. And one of the most frustrating things is a lack. Everybody agrees and says yes and says yep. yes. And then when they go to do it, like literally rubber hitting the road, they don't do it. They fall back on their thing. We have been training this process for six months Kent, my chief operation officer, went out with some guys the other day. He goes, dude, they're not doing the whole process. They're doing like four of the steps, three of the steps. They're not completing the circuit because your system has such a great completion to start over. So talk about the process. And then I think a good conversation will be how do you get people to do it? Yeah, man. Uh, okay. I, I got a story I want to tell, but I'll wait, I'll wait until we talk about, about doing it. Yeah. So, so, you know, the, the seven steps in the process are not, they're not anything that is just proprietary to me. These are steps that you already likely do. If you're listening to this, at least some of them, because naturally successful salespeople start to do these things. The magic though is in putting it together. Just like you said, Mark, it's a baton pass from one step to the next step. When you put that together and do it intentionally, magic happens. When you aimlessly do two or three of them, yeah, pretty mediocre results. So here's the seven steps. So step one in the sales process is we greet the customer. Step two, we take the time to understand their problem. Step three, we advise the solution. Step four, we explain the process of how to do business with us. Step five, we call the customer to action. Step six, we pursue the opportunity. And then step seven, we show gratitude. And each of those steps, we we can spend a long time talking about each one. Each of those steps intuitively moves us through a relationship of building trust with the customer as we deeply understand what their problem is. And as we advise a solution and clearly articulate how the customer can solve it and then give them the opportunity to, it's amazing how many people take action. So those are the seven steps. There's two in particular I'd love to drill down on, but but Mark, you can take it away uh, for now. Well, let me ask you this. How'd you come up? And let me, we got a couple of a couple of comments right now. Yeah. Jonah says, the magic you're looking for is in the work you're avoiding. <laughs> and uh, he says, great to see you as always. Yeah, good to see far. you, Jonah. Jonah was just on my podcast a couple of weeks ago. And, and Mark, I uh, appreciate you being gracious and, and letting me interview him. But man, oh. Jonah was amazing. Yeah, you can't keep, you can't keep 
bright light down. You got to yeah. let that bright light shine. Yeah. And then Bart Ogden says, we've been working through Tim's progress process in our showroom intake sheet. It works. Having it on the intake sheet helps us keep us on track. And that's a good point, I think, to, that we'll get into later of how do you implement it. And Bart's one of the best in the industry about getting stuff implemented. She is one of the best. And I owe him a phone call. So, so okay. I got I to call him after this, Bart. You heard I've been traveling the last little bit. Yeah, Bart is so good at that. So the seven steps, how'd you come up with that? Well, I, it, it was a combination of a few things. So when uh, a number of years ago, probably seven to eight years ago, um, I went through some sales training and I was handed a sales process. And actually it was seven steps. And I looked at it and thought, some of these are pretty good and some of them I don't like. And then um, I started reading some books and I started you know, kind of really trying to formalize this between what I read, what I watched, what I listened to via podcast and what actually worked on the floor. And it was kind of a amalgamation of all those things that, that created it. And, and I guess I would, I would say um, I, I didn't create the seven steps. I discovered the seven steps. Like they were already there. I just, yeah, I discovered them. And you just kind of bottled it and yeah. said it and keep setting it kind of reworking it, but man, it works. We have noticed that if, again, I, I said this earlier, your process with a lot of your verbiage and Alan's verbiage is just such a good, if they'll follow it, the results are coming. And in our industry, we're not, to me, we're not looking at results just for business. We're looking at results yeah. so the customer is safer, has a more efficient unit, is well-informed, yeah. likes our service, appreciates us, doesn't give us bad reviews. Like, it's a big thing and it, it's not magic and I'm not trying to trick anybody, but I need a system yep. to have multiple guys out there that just don't know the Mark Stoner system. And if Mark Stoner system, if I had that built and everybody learned it, that's fine too. But you've built a system that is just, you know, people that do it. Uh, Ian says, I know we're in different countries, but what's the best way of advertising? We'll, we'll get to that. So this is after advertising, when you're at the home, how to sell the next amount of work. So yeah. So talk about those two things that you wanted to go through. Yeah. I mean, it, in particular, I, I want to talk about steps two and then step four. So so step two in the sales process is taking the time to understand the customer's problem. And Mark, you know this better than anybody. You know, when, when people call a service-based business, they have a problem. You know, if if my toilet breaks and I call a plumber to come to my house, I genuinely want my problem solved and I expect to pay for it. Now, I expect to pay a fair price and I might shop the plumber depending on the experience that they give me, but I really want them to be right when they come out and and I don't want them to waste my time and I want them to make it easy for me. And a way, the way that a service professional can make it easy for their customer first is by understanding the problem. And so I really believe that if you're a chimney or a service company, regardless of what is in your notes that have come from the office, when you go to the house, the first five to 15 minutes needs to be physically sitting down with the customer to talk about the problems that they've been encountering, review the notes that the office has given you, and ask them all kinds of questions about what they're hoping you can do for them. And it's only after that that you're really able to advise a solution. Now, my background, as you know, is in retail showrooms. And, and I believe, man, for those of you who have a showroom, truly, I think the first five to 15 minutes a customer's on the showroom floor, we need to physically sit down before we ever go look at a product. And, and I think the way that we do this, sometimes technicians get really nervous because they think, well, my customer wants me to sweep the chimney. 
they don't they don't want to have tea with me in the kitchen. And and I and I get that, you know, but if if you knock on the door and you greet the customer really, really well, right? That's step one. If you say to the customer, Well, hey, my name's Tim and I'm here with Ashbusters Chimney Service. I'm super excited to be here and work on your chimney. Now, I've got some notes from the office, but I really want to make sure that that they're accurate and I'm on the same page with the work you're hoping we can do. Um, do you mind having a seat real quick and just reviewing this with me so that I'm, I'm on the same page and I understand the problems that you're encountering? Right. No customer will say no to that. There's no customer on earth that will say, well, I'm not sure if your paperwork's accurate either, but go on up and start doing whatever you got on that list. Like no one will do that. You know, on a, on a showroom floor, when someone comes in and they say, hey, we're looking at wood stoves, you know, what, what you can do on the showroom floor is say, hey, that's great. As you can see, you know, we have all kinds of wood stoves on display. You know, not every wood stove is actually safe to go into every particular home situation. So if it's okay, I'd love to just sit down for a minute or two to review your project and your situation to make sure I'm on the same page. And then I'd love to show you some wood stoves to be a really good fit. No customer will say, no, you just show me everything, whether it'll work or not, you know? So, so it, it comes down to, it comes down to the way we frame it to the customer. When we frame it as, Hey, the office gave me some notes. I'd love to just take a couple minutes to review it, make sure everything's accurate. And then I understand exactly what you have going on to make sure that we can help solve your problem. Do you have just a minute or two to sit down? And again, we have to physically sit down. And, and of course, there's situations where maybe uh, no one's home and you're there. That's fine. Maybe, maybe it's a rental property and your job is with the, the landlord or something. But most of the time, most of the time, there's someone there that you can sit down with. Right. So that's step two. That's really understanding the problems. And I know following our guys, we don't. Yeah. We don't do. In fact, sometimes we don't even listen to what they said. Like they will say something and I've seen my guys not even really acknowledge that and go right through what they said they wanted to make sure we take care of them. And and I think you taught us this, but, you know, talking about it, we, you better solve the reason you're out there in your solution. You better make sure that they called you for a, you know, making sure the smoke goes up the chimney, but all you focus on is, uh, you know, the cracks in the top of the chimney and the chimney leaking, you miss why you're out there. But can you talk about, uh, talk about good listening skills and what you picked up on? Yeah. So, and and this is the thing is, uh, so, so my, my friend, Tim Rethlake, he has, he has two sayings that I, I really believe in. Um, the first one is says easy, does hard. And the second one is slow is fast. So it's like, of course, I need to understand the customer's problem. I, I know I need to. Well, here's the thing. If you ask three questions and then you're outside working up on the chimney, you haven't understood their problem. If you're in a showroom and someone comes in and they say, hey, we're looking at one insert and you go, perfect. Um, do you got a masonry fireplace? And they say, yes. Okay. How many square feet you got? Of 1,500? How many floors? One level? Okay, perfect. Let me show you what inserts. You don't understand the problem. You know, and that and that's the that's the thing that's so hard is that is that it really takes like, I mean, I I believe in asking like 30 to 50 questions to the customer before starting the work. And that might sound insane, but the you know, an example of this would be, you know, when I'm at the door and I ask permission, hey, do you mind if we sit down? I just want to I want to review all my notes, make sure everything's accurate. And that I understand exactly what's going on with your, with your situation. That's the first question. I mean, it's like counts as one when we sit down. Hey, so my notes say this. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about that? 
There's the second question. Okay, got it, got it. How long has this been going on for? Perfect, okay. Now, when this is all said and done, like what are you hoping that this does for you? Got it, okay. Tell me a little bit more about that. Okay, understood. Yeah, I get that. Now, have you ever had a company out to perform this kind of work before? Got it. Okay, now how was your experience with that? You know, I mean, we can keep going. Like right there, there's probably 12 questions right there. And they weren't, they weren't, they weren't like interrogation. It's truly curious. Like you're truly curious. You're trying to build, you know, so you're, what you say next makes sense for them. You're you're very curiosity based questions. Yeah. Interrogation based. Yeah. And and I'll tell you this. this Who did this work? Dude. Oh man. You know what I mean? Like there's a different tone that you can take, you know? Yeah. And and this is why. So this, I wish we were standing right now. I was was just in the Midwest doing this, doing this a, a few days ago. But uh, we did an exercise in a showroom situation where, where we had the customer come in and we invited them to physically sit down. And we spent about 10 minutes asking the better part of 30 questions about the project. And it was great. Like it was super good interaction. The team was doing really, really good. And I said, okay, now let's do this again, but let's stand two feet apart from each other. And let me stand like this, shoulder to shoulder, like next to you. It's, it's really intimidating. Like you can't do it standing up. You have, you have to do it sitting down. And, and for me, the magic has been um, using a pre-scripted list of questions. So for me personally, when I'm doing this, um, I have to have my laptop with me. And if I don't have my laptop, I got to have a sheet of paper. And I like my questions to be pre-scripted. And of course, I can go off script. Like I'm not a robot, but having pre-scripted questions actually frees me up to listen because I don't have to worry about what am I going to ask next because I can just glance down on my piece of paper, but I can listen really, really well. And maybe it prompts me to, you know, ask some, some questions that aren't on the that aren't on the paper. But for me, that's the secret. And this is the slowest, fast thing. We all know if we take the time to understand the customer's problem, everything gets better. Yeah. But how often do you get halfway through an inspection just to learn a piece of information that if you would have had it early, it would have changed the entire way you would have presented something? This has happened to me all the time, and it's because I didn't take the time to listen up front. Well, also, you brought this up. If you will slow down, you won't have to write so many bids at the end either. If you've not asked the right questions and truly understood what they want, you write five estimates. If you really understand and then use your knowledge, you write one, maybe two. You you do not write five estimates. If you're writing five estimates, you've confused them. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I've, I've heard it said, you know, if you take this much time understanding the customer's problem, it takes this much time to advise a solution. And if you've advised a solution that is perfect for their problem, it takes this much time to quote it and close it. But if you ask no questions and don't understand their problem, you have to show them everything. And you open well, up a million cans of worms and then you got to quote everything. And yeah, so you, you can just show as fast or fast as slow. You showed that, that visual. Take a lot of time at the beginning and then your solution is this. Take this much time to begin, and your solution is this. Yeah. You showed that in one of your sales things, and I thought that is so dead on accurate. Um, there's a couple more topics here. Um, uh, Jeremy says the first time sales and execution process. Happened, oh, dude! I'm sorry, we got it wrong. A process has transformed my whole business. Less mistakes, happier customers. The hard part is listening, implementing, and then all, all caps doing it. Yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah. so cool, Jeremy. Thank you, man. It's good to hear yeah. from you. Then, uh, so for me, it's uh, hey, I'm Jeremiah, and I'm uh, here to sweep your chimney. Oh, okay. Oh, everything is okay. Then I'm like surprised 
here is blah, here is what we can do to help. So he's just saying how much faster he is to get right into the work. Yeah. Uh, And then he said, wow, Tim, a total eye opener on the way we work. Oh, awesome. Awesome. And then he says, slow is smooth. (laughs) Oh, there you go. Yeah, I've heard that. That's great. That is great. So, yeah. So talk about that. Talk about uh, in the home, uh, that process of, of, or if you want to. Yeah, yeah, no, that's perfect. Yeah. I mean, so in the home, again, the temptation is, well, I take the time to understand their problem when I go inspect the chimney. But yes, sort of. But but that's your information. That's not that's not their problem. That's that's the problem that you might be making up in their eyes, right? So so part one is that we we need to sit down with the customer to, to ask them good questions to understand what's going on in their mind, and then we can say, okay, perfect. So if I'm understanding you right, this is what's going on. You've had this for a long time. You're hoping it does this by the time it's over. Okay, that's great. Thank you. What I'm going to do? I'm going to go up on the roof and I'm I'm going to perform a chimney inspection. And I'm going to be looking for this, this, and this just to make sure that we don't have any problems that we're not aware of. If there's anything that comes up, though, I'll come back down and let you know what I find. All of that is still understanding the problem. After that, then we move on to advising a solution. Now, what what I want to hone in on is actually after advising a solution. I think that most people here, if, if I was to say, hey, I'm a customer with an open drafty fireplace, and I want something that is really nice to look at and super convenient, and I have a natural gas line into the fireplace, you could probably advise me on a gas log set that'd be really, really nice with a remote control and a glass door. I have no doubt about that. But what happens after we advise the solution? You know, And, and this is where step four of the process comes in. And I, I got this from a book called Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. He calls it make a plan. I, I like to call it explain the process. Mm-hmm. But what what happens is after we've advised a solution, momentum is high. You know, we've taken the time to understand the customer feels heard. We've built some trust. And now I've advised a solution that is clear and perfectly addresses their problem. So momentum is high. At this point, we explain the process of how to do business with us. And actually, you know, a couple of weeks ago on my podcast, this is what me and Jonah talked about is I think there's magic in this. And what we do is. Let's say that, that, you know, Mark, we're in your home and I'm, I'm performing the service and we, we, we take a look at this solution. I say, hey, yeah, so based on everything we talked about, Mark, you know, I, I think this gas insert or I think that if we can get this new chimney cap on your home, you know, I, I think that this is going to really, really help solve your problem. So here's what I'd like to do. I, I'd love to explain the way that all of our jobs at Ashbusters work, just since people don't get chimney work done, you know, every day of the week. Well, step one, before I leave today, I'll go out to the truck and I'll put together a final quote for you. It might take me 20, 30 minutes out there because I want to make sure that we get everything right. There's nothing left out, but I'm going to get that final quote put together. So that way you understand exactly what this is going to cost. Now, step two, if those numbers look good, we can actually call the office and check for the next available installation date that we have. So that way you have an idea of when we'd be able to perform the work. And then step three, if you feel comfortable moving ahead, we can get this thing on the schedule. So that way you can start enjoying your fireplace again. So that's, that, that's step four of the sales process. We explain the process of how to do business with us. Yes. And, and we can dive really deep on this. But at its core, at the in-home visit, step one that we're telling the customer is, we are going to write you a quote today. This actually, the reason we do it, it puts us on the hook. I don't get to go crunch the numbers at the office, right? I have to do it today, okay? So step one, hey, before I leave, I'm gonna go to the truck. I'm gonna put all the final numbers together so that way you understand exactly what this is going to cost. I'm, I'm giving them the benefit, which like, 
dude, they're having me out to their house. They want to know what it's going to cost. And they actually want to know right then. Like they don't want to wait three days for it. And, okay. Step two. Hey, if those numbers look good, we can call the office and check the next available installation date. So we're giving them an out. If those numbers don't look good, you are not obligated to do anything. Right. But if those numbers look good, we can call the office and check the next available installation date. So that way you've got a, a good idea of when we can perform the work. And then finally, step three, if you feel comfortable moving ahead, we can go ahead and get this thing scheduled so that way you can start enjoying your fireplace again. If, if, if a technician can, can explain those three steps with that exact language at every single appointment, dude, I'm, I'm telling you, if you're not doing that right now and you start, I'm telling you, your close rate is going to go up 15 to 20% tomorrow. Yeah. That's always the, like, I think Brian Barnhill, I saw him talk about this years ago and he talked about the sales process back when I never really heard of sales process and you, yeah. talk, and you go to Jiffy Lube and they, you go to Jiffy Lube because you think you're getting $39 oil change. And they, they know that. And so when our customers call, they think they're getting the yeah. $300 chimney sweep, whatever it is. They're not expecting the other thing, but J- Jiffy Lube, you weren't expecting to, to spend $200 there, but you do because they make buying from them so almost like, well, you're sitting here, you yeah. came to us, you rolled in the door. Here's the what you thought, but we've got these other levels of, of oil. We've got these other air filters. We've got these other things your car needs. You're not going to go home and Jiffy Lube's going to call you and say, "Hey, I worked at the price on this stuff, and we've got, and you can come back in." You're going to bring the car back in. Like, they, they don't do that. They're like, "Well," and they've shown you a menu of things yeah. that you need, and you make a buying decision right there, and you almost always spend more than you thought. Yet in our world, we're like, "Hey, yeah, you need all this stuff. I'll get back to you. I'll send it to you in a week or two. Said no one ever that wanted that. Yep. And so um, I think it's interesting that some of the guys like I do, I never present on the spot. I understand you can't always do it, but your customers actually want it. They don't want to wait on a bid and then forget what the conversation is and yeah. all those languages that all the foreign language you use. But yeah. Yeah. And, and I, again, let's just, let's just go back to this. Like, and I don't mean to beat a dead horse, but let's just imagine that my, my toilet breaks, you know, and I have a plumber out to my house. I, I've cleared my calendar. And I am ready in that moment to get the number from the plumber. And if the plumber goes, oh, okay, well, uh, yeah, I'll go back to the office and I'll, I'll put some numbers together and I'll, I'll send it to you. Now I'll be polite. Oh, okay. But when the plumber leaves, either one of two things has happened. Either I realize that nah, wasn't as big of a deal as I thought and I move on to other things and I forget about it. So now my urgency isn't the same or I go, may as well see if someone else can get me a number, especially if a day or two goes by. Right. So this is, this is the whole thing with it is like when people have us out to the house, like they're dead serious. And, 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 and again, I was just actually dealing with this literally last week that it's easy to say, well, but our internet runs slower out of the truck. That's fine. Like book an extra 30 minutes for your home visit. Like that's fine. You know, well, you know, it, it, this would add 45 minutes to the end. Dude, that's fine. Like, cause my thing is, if, if I can go to the truck and get 30 minutes, it's like, let's just say your average appointment's an hour and a half. You know, so make it, make it an hour, an hour 45. Right. If I can get 15 minutes in the truck, if I can't figure it out, I can call someone at the office and just say, can you put this together for me right now and email it to me? Like in the truck is like, is your safe space, but it comes down to comfort. And, and, and it, we lie thinking, well, 
it's convenient for me to go to the office and it's comfortable for me to go to the office, but it's not, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about our customer. And they, they want, I'm not saying they're going to buy from you right then, but they want the number right then to make a decision. It's also about not facing a rejection or an, an obstacle. Email in the bid is the easiest get out of jail free card ever. Yep. I'll just email it to you. That way you, you don't have to do any more of the sales process. Like, you know, you it's like, that- putting the put making the paper airplane, having your van fly out the driveway. You try to close your window and throw the airplane like right before you go. You know, here you go, man. I, yeah, if you want it, great. If not, you know, get back to me later. Yeah. Uh, no, if you don't, no problem. We didn't have to have any hard, uncomfortable questions. Yeah. Hey, you know? can we can we talk about this though? Yeah. Um, so here's what I love about this. This is what I love about explaining the process to the customer. So if I frame it this way, and I think this is probably because I'm, I'm, I'm probably a weenie at heart, but like if I frame it this way and say, Hey, here's the way that all of our jobs work at Ashbusters chimney service. Well, that gives the customer reassurance, right? So if I go in for surgery and I'm really nervous and the doctor goes, Hey Tim, don't worry about this, man. I, I've literally done a thousand of these surgeries. Here's the way that every single one of them works. And he explains first, this happens, then this, then this. I can feel right now my blood pressure lowering as I like it just reassures us. Hey, people, people don't get chimney work done every day. I just want to explain the way that all of our jobs work at Ashbusters. Step one, before I leave today, I'll go out to the truck and I'll put together the final quote for you. It might take me 20, 30 minutes. I want to make sure we get it right and that there's nothing that we missed. But I'll come back in and show you those numbers. That's the most logical thing in the world. It's literally the most logical thing in the world that, like, hey, I'm here. I'm going to go to the truck. It might take me some time because I want to make sure we get this right, but I'll come back in and show that to you. So that way you understand exactly what it'll cost. Step two. Now, if those numbers look good, we can call the office and check the next available installation date. Dude, how low pressure is this? It's free. It's free. I'm literally like, so if, if I show this to the customer, 90% of them are going to ask you to call the office, but when they're staring at the price tag, they have just accepted that price. And if they don't want you to call the office, it's a clue. They probably have an issue with your price that you need to talk about. Right. But but when we come to them with the bid and the date, we lose the opportunity to find the yellow light that the customer has. But when we present the bid first, hey, should we call the office and check the next available installation date? If I look down at that bid, 12 grand, 15 grand, I'm like, yeah, let's, let's see when you guys could do the work. Dude, we've just overcome price. So now I can call the office right in front of them. I don't put it on speakerphone. That's that's too high pressure. But I'll call right there. Hey, this is Tam. I'm out in the field right now. I'm at Joe Smith's house. Um, we're looking at putting in a gas insert. And we also have some masonry work that's going to be done. I think we're probably looking at about an eight-hour job or so. Just wanted to see when our next available date is. Got it. Okay. Hey, thanks. Let you know. Bye. Hang up the phone. And go, hey, so our next available date is November 15th. Um, did you want to go ahead and get on the schedule? Dude, I haven't even asked them for the money. It's like the most low pressure close ever that like they check the date. Did you want to get on the schedule? It's the most logical thing to ask. Yeah. And this is the secret sauce. I know I'm, I know I'm going on a rant and, and, and no, this, I love rants. this is the secret sauce. The secret sauce to this whole thing is when the customer goes, Oh man, thank you. I appreciate that. I got to talk to my wife. Hey, that's no problem at all. Uh, hey, I'm, I'm married too. I, I know how that works. Um, what we can do, we can actually hold that installation date for 24 hours. So you can talk to your wife, you can sleep on it. And I'll give you a call tomorrow afternoon just to make sure that you don't want this date before we have to give it to somebody else. How's that sound? So good. Dude, because here's the whole thing with it. The whole thing with it is that by saying, here's how all of our jobs work, we instantly lower blood pressure and make customers feel more comfortable. 
hey, step one, we write the estimate, which means we're going somewhere. Every step is telling the customer, we are going somewhere. If you don't get off this train, it is going to solve your problem. But don't worry. Don't worry. If, if, number, if you don't like the numbers, we don't have to call the office. Hey, if you're not comfortable with this after we've checked the date, you don't have to do it. But it, as simple as it is, this is the step where like you can do this tomorrow, but you have to do it exactly as I laid it out. Or, or I mean, maybe there's a better way, but like, but you, but you got to do it. You have to, you have to qualify it lay out every step and you got to be confident to ask the customer, do you want to get on the schedule? Well, you, it's kind of a, t- a little bit of a takeaway close, right? You're, you're saying, look, you don't have to take it and I can give it to somebody else because we've got so many of these come in. I'm giving you an opportunity to buy yep. it. And if you don't want it, no problem. And that way you also don't seem needy and right. like you need this sale or you, you know, you're like getting them one offer. said, man, no problem. There's, this is a train and this is how this train goes. And this is how it stops. If you want to get on the train and get off the train at any point, no problem. But the train is going and somebody else will take that spot. That's right. For sure. Yeah. And um, I, I love that because it, there's a confidence in it. There's a takeaway in it. And, and there's a process that people are like, oh, yeah. like, because there's a saying that says people buy when people buy, they do things that people like them do. So they yeah. buy things like people yeah. like them buy. So if you're selling to me and I think other people like me buy this thing then I'm going to buy it. Yeah. If I think you're selling me something that nobody else will buy, then I'm not going to buy it. But if I feel like others will do it, there's an attraction to that. Oh, people like me do things like this. Yep. And so that that is what you just did with that process. Here's what people like you do, Mark. Here's how it works. I'm going to teach you. I, I love that. I love yeah. that. Yeah, you know, and and uh, and I think I think what is really helpful is like it there there is there is scarcity in it, and there's urgency. So like urgency and scarcity are really important. They're they're very powerful levers to pull. You got to be super careful because it can be manipulative. But if you truly make a policy that you only hold an install date for 24 hours, you're being honest. Yeah. And, 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 and there is true urgency. Like, yeah, we only hold it for 24 hours. And there's also true scarcity. Cause if you literally call the customer the next day and say, or, Hey, I just wanted to check in with you before we have to give this date to somebody else. Like that's a true statement. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, so I, I, but, but it lets them, it lets them buy at their own pace. If they're ready right there, Hey, I've got the quote for you. I can make it easy. You want to sleep on it. You want to get another bed. I get it. It's no problem. I'll circle back with you tomorrow just to make sure you don't want this date. Like it's letting them have their cake and eat it too. So good, man. Uh, somebody right here said green light. So yeah. that's what you're looking for is the green lights. The yeah. green light was moving to the next step right. schedule. They gave you the green light. They said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. That's the yellow light or even the red light. Yeah. So good stuff. Yeah. Um, so talk about, talk about handling those objections where, um, yeah, where they don't, you feel like you, you can't get them. Like for me, if you came to my house, typically, I'm just thinking about how I buy. I almost never buy right then. Yeah. Like yeah. if somebody, I don't care how good you are, whatever, for some reason, I, I probably won't buy right then on a big ticket. And I don't have to consult with my wife or anything, but I just, I kind of don't like to buy that fast on things. Some things I clearly do, but in general, I'm going to be the guy that makes you work a little harder to get back to me. I might even ghost you a little bit. Um, Talk about, talk about overcoming those kind of objections. Yeah, man, it's good. Yeah. And and there's so many different kinds of people, you know, The, the thing I think about, so like we got our roof replaced over the summer and when we were getting ready for it, 
I had, I never bought a roof in my life. And, and so I didn't know what they cost. Now my neighbor has a much bigger house than me and they told me how much they spent and I almost had a heart attack, but their roof is a lot bigger than mine. So I'm, so all I have for calibration is it's gotta be less expensive than my neighbors. Right? So, so the people are going door to door through the neighborhood offering roofing bids. So we get one The people come in and right from the get go, they were really nice. And I just basically said, Hey, you know, thanks for coming out. My name's Tim. Um, and I said, uh, you know, do whatever you need to do just so you know, like I've never bought a roof before. We're in the middle of doing a bunch of research. So honestly, I think we're going to be getting probably two to three bids. And I don't know if I'm going to buy the most expensive or the least expensive. I, I just want to make sure that I know a little bit more about the process, just, just so that you're aware. So they listened and they were great. They, they do the inspection, but then it comes time for the close and they started hard line closing me. Hey, well, if you do it right now, we'll give you 10% off. If you do it, and I mean, their bid was outrageously expensive, like outrageously expensive. And they're trying to hardline close me. They're like, well, let me call my boss. And they're, you know, doing all these, all, every tactic in the book they're doing. And at the end of the I literally kicked him out of my house. I said, look, I'm sorry. Like I'm not buying anything today. I told you that right when you got here. So they were not willing to adapt to me. Now I would have been okay if they would have thrown my process at me. I have no problem. Hey, I'm gonna put the bid together. If you feel comfortable, we can check the date. If, if the bid was in my range, I would have checked the date. And if they would have said, well, hey, do you want to go ahead and get on the schedule? I would have just said, no, I'm going to be getting a couple of bids. Hey, there's no problem. Um, we can actually hold that date for 24 hours. I, I know you want to do some research. I'll circle back with you tomorrow just so we don't have to give that date to somebody else. Um, I, I would be totally cool with that. But they ignored me. So, so it's, okay, so let's talk objections. Well, it, they were not listening. They have a process that they were going down. Right. The thing is great about your process is it's very listening oriented. Yes. Yeah. You don't go to the next step to you're not just going through. I'm going to call the manager for a 10% discount. I'm going to yeah. offer the, these things. Your, your, your process is a very big listening element. Yeah. 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 And I think, so the way we deal with objections is, is twofold. Just like you said, Mark, we have to listen really, really well. We have to think like, what's the heart of this objection? What's the heart of it? And, and there's, there's a few really common objections. Like, let's just, let's just talk about the pricing objection. Cause that, that's the biggest one. So, um, me and my wife bought a sprinkler system probably five, six years ago. I'd never bought a sprinkler system in my life. I didn't know anybody who bought a sprinkler system in their life. I had no idea what, what they cost. I think we talked about this last time on your podcast a couple of years ago. So, so like when we came up with our budget, how did we come up with it? <laughs> oh, yes, that's the budget, right? So, so, so no matter what did I get, my budget's probably off unless it's just a miracle that two bullets hit each other as they fly. Right. So, so no matter what, I might go, oh my gosh, like those are pretty expensive. Well, so what I like to do is if that happens, say, oh yeah, compared to what? Like, like ask him compared to what? My friend Bradley Hartman always says that, like, don't apologize for your price. Like ask him, like compared to what? Oh, I mean, I don't know. I guess just compared to what we thought we'd spend. No, yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah, I, I, I get that. But yeah, this is what sprinkler systems cost. I mean, that might be enough for me to go, okay, now, but maybe not, you know? So, so one of the things that I like to do whenever possible, I like to take price off the table and I realize that you can't, you can't completely do that. But what, what I like to do is if, if I'm out at a job and I, I, I give a bid, say it's $15,000 and customers like, oh my gosh, like, uh, no, sorry, I can't get on the schedule. It's just a lot more than we were thinking. Okay. Um, what were you expecting to spend on the project? Yes. You know, it's the best next question. Yeah. Like I'm not asking, I'm not asking what's your budget. 
Because like, again, ask me my budget on my sprinkler system. It doesn't matter. I have, I have no context for that number. So like, what were you expecting to spend? Well, I don't know. We were expecting that this would maybe be like $7,000. So at this point, we can, we can do a couple things. And I believe in fishing to see if price is really the objective or if it's something else. So it, if it's $7,000, for me, if I can find a way to take things away and get to $7,000, I'll do it. So it's like, hey, well, you know what? Today we bid out a gas log set, we bid out a new crown, and we bid out a copper chimney cap. You know what we could do is we could hold off on the chimney cap for now. And I know it's not going to be ideal, but that's going to get you down into your price range. And you could always take a look at this next summer. Do you think something like that would be better for you? Because right there, that's going to start to expose things. Now, again, well, no, I mean, we really wanted the whole thing done. Okay. Um, now, just out of curiosity, I mean, like we, we bid a lot of these jobs. Like our prices are pretty competitive. Um, have you seen like other companies that have charged about this? Most people haven't, you know, most, no, I mean, I don't know. You're the first people I called most of the time. It's just people being really nervous. And if you can just honestly talk with them about it, like if you can find a way to take things away to get to the price, and then that can allow you to build back as needed. Um, uh, you know, talk, you could talk about like, you know, Hey, on this bid, like this $15,000, um, the, these parts of it, it's cosmetic, the hardcore safety stuff it's going to cost you 11 and a half. And I know that's more than you wanted to spend, but I'm telling you, like, this is what you have to do to make the chimney safe. Now I will use the word safe every single time. And I will fight you about this. Now I won't fight you, Mark, but like, I will, I will die on this Hill that like professionals make things safe. That's, that's why they're the reason they're having your company out and not their brother-in-law is because you can make it safe. It doesn't mean that whatever they do inside the fireplace will be safe. But we have codes and standards for a reason. So that's so that's a so so we can yeah. So well, they're calling to feel safe. They're calling you yeah. because they have a safety concern. That's right. And in calling your company, we'll check that box for them. Versus you leave and, and they still don't feel safe. That, yeah. that's not a great feeling. Yeah. So if I can say, you know, hey, I mean, this is really what's required for safety. I've just shown, hey, I have no problem coming down. Let, let's take off the cosmetic stuff. We got to deal with the safety. This is the safety stuff. I know it's more than you wanted to spend. But I'm, I'm telling you, like, chimney problems only get worse with time. It's not like you can just not use the chimney and the problem gets better. It doesn't It doesn't work that way. So so for me, those are ways to deal with it. But, like, it's not going to happen every time. But, but it forces us to be really good listeners. And we have to ask hard questions. We have to ask hard questions. And yeah. if we're not willing to do that, like, we're probably going to have just average results. I love your process. Um, we've got about 15 minutes left. I'd like to hit two more topics and yeah. your other products of yours. Yeah. I'd like to talk about what Pete, if people don't know about Wi-Fi and oh, yeah. it kind of came from this and then your new product that you're getting ready to come out with. So cool. yeah. If um, people don't I, know Wi-Fi is explain to them high level and maybe even how to maybe do a demo or whatever on this product that you have. Yeah, totally. Can I, uh, can I tell one really quick story right before? So I meant I, I I went I went too long on what we talked about before. No, you, you, asked really, you asked a really good question, Mark, at the beginning about um about how how the process, the seven step sales process, can be really difficult to implement. And I I would agree. I mean, I really like when when people want to implement the seven step sales process, I'm like, all right, I'll see you in six months. Like, I mean, like it takes time. Now, step four that we just talked about, explaining that process to the customer, you can do it tomorrow. But to go steps one through seven, like I'll see you in six months. It's going to take time. So here's the question is, 
I've told my people about this. They could take a test and get 100% on the test, but they go back to their behavior every single time. Every time. And for me, dude, in the recent past, more recent than I'd like to admit, um, I had a, I had a, a meeting uh, that was a really high stakes business meeting. And the opportunity was really, really good. And I traveled a long ways to go to this meeting. And uh, I went into it. And there was immediately things that happened that completely threw me off my game. Some of them were completely unforeseen. Some of them I I should have seen coming, but I was absolutely rattled. And what did I do? I started talking about myself. Because that's what I fall back on. I don't know what to do. Start talking about myself, right? Now, fortunately... My good friend, Matt Bradley, who I worked with at Wi-Fi, was in the meeting, and he was a pro's pro, and he rocked this thing. But as we were debriefing afterwards, we were talking about, like, man, why did I get so rattled? Here's the reason why. I'd never had a meeting like that before. I didn't have a process for it. I had no process to fall back on. I had, and, and because I hadn't practiced, I, had, I didn't have a process Man, it's yeah. I I fell back on what I know, which in this context was talking about myself. Now, I can't believe you would ever get rattled. I, I can't uh, see it, but I'm glad to hear it. But I, I I can't even believe it. Yeah, you know, and 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 this is the thing too is that is that people can take a test, they can listen to me or you talk about it, but unless they practice it, like literally once a week, one hour giving feedback, listening to their recordings. Like it might sound crazy, but like, man, you know, I'm a big Portland trailblazers fan. And like, they watch the game film, they scrimmage because it's the only, it's the only way to be a pro. And so for me, it's the way that you implement the sales process is through muscle memory. It's the only way you can only do it through muscle memory. And, And in my situation, I did not have muscle memory going into that meeting, but here's the thing I'll tell you, Mark, we had another high profile meeting about, a month later, and I'm telling you, I learned. Like I had a process going into that. So that's the thing too, is that like you can mess up and still you can still do great. But I'm telling everybody listening to this, if you ignore everything we talked about today, if you if you can do an hour of sales practice with your team, I'm the customer, you're at my house, go. Everybody listens, everyone gets feedback. We switch. If you can do that an hour a week, it'll it'll transform your entire team because it becomes muscle memory. Totally. And we've been, we haven't done it in the last month, but we did a lot of recordings in the field. You heard some of yeah. them. Uh, we, we listened to them as a group. We critiqued them. We made them awesome people doing it in front of other people. And uh, they, we all are get, got better from that. It Dude. is so, it's, it's enlightening a lot. Yeah. It exposes your flaws. Like you got to eat humble pie, man. Like humble pie never tastes good, but you're always better for it. And uh, I, I mean, me and Jonah spent like two hours, like dissecting some of his recordings and, uh, and it was, it was awesome, man. Like, yeah, that's how we do it. So anyway, I, I want to tell that story just because like, cause I fall prey to this if, if, and it's not like I live my life like a robot, but like we all follow a process to some degree in our lives. Mm-hmm. And if you're going into a, a sales situation Man, just try to outline a process for it and practice it, and, and you'll probably be a lot better off. Well, every pro has it. You said it at the beginning. You said it multiple times. There's not a high level. The greatest athletes in the world have trainers, coaches, processing, practice. I mean, as soon as they get done with a game, they go back into yeah. practicing and, yeah. and conditioning and restoration. Yeah. And so they can – like that's the high-level thing. And for some reason, 
our chimney guys don't well i shouldn't say chimney guys service people in general yeah. don't try to necessarily get better they think they've almost arrived versus yeah. always yeah. being curious and practicing and getting better and you know and it's just frustrating because i'm all about how do we get better and then there's a group as a most group of people like i'm good enough yes it's fine yeah. Um, yeah. A, Sorry, we can talk about her now. So there's a comment that says, hey, Tim has helped us so much. His yeah. process works. Awesome. Thank you. That, Thank you. Uh, Carl says, uh, this is great stuff. Thank you. Cool. cool. So tell them about, you know, Wi-Fi and what that is and how it can help people. Thanks, man. Yeah. So like, so Wi-Fi has basically been the passion project of my life for the last like six and a half years. And basically it's been building software to do this sales process. Now, I'll, I'll caveat that and say, it, it's built for companies that sell fireplace appliances. So like you sell wood stoves, gas inserts, zero clearance fireplaces. Basically, Wi-Fi is software that lets you write up lightning fast estimates. Like you can literally take someone on their first day at work and they could write up an estimate for a three-story wood stove with a T-kit in about a minute and a half. It's um, amazing. Yeah, and it can it can plug into your website. So your website can can have people pull in estimate ranges for their project in the middle of the night. It's got some really cool sales funnel tools you know, for that customer at 11 o'clock at night that's on your website, if you have a button that says get estimate, all they do is they answer some questions. Wi-Fi shows them which fireplaces will work for their space and it sends them a price range for their project. And then they can hit you up, schedule an in-home visit online and you can go out and knock it down. So yeah, that's what it is, man. It's been, it's been the journey well, of trying to trying to, to take this and, and give tools to make it really easy for a, for a company to, to take control of their business by doing that. On the setup, just so people know, you find out what what products they they yeah. have, and you've got a ton of the products built in. All of the all of the accessories, all the details, all the sizes, and then you have questionnaire for us as a company. And we tell you all the products that we offer, and you and Matt put those in, and it's linked to my website. And you can go on. There's two sides. Of that one side is the customer base; they can look through it. But then our, my technicians in the field can use it as a real real quick estimating tool, uh, even on the phone or in-house, so real quick. And and then when the range is in the range and you can work up the true details, but you get our pricing, like my price per hour to do stuff, my price per foot to do, you get, you do a lot of work on the front end for customers. Yeah. Yeah. It it takes us about four weeks to build out a platform because yeah, we we build out the count now is up to, we build out 189 custom vent kits. um, Just basically. Yeah, I mean, and just eventing, just eventing. Yeah, and then we have we have like eighty plus different like labor criteria. So, and then we load the, the products in with custom pricing and stuff. And and Wi-Fi is not perfect. Like this has been the whole thing is like we have been we have been working. We're on the journey to perfect it. And uh, and yeah, that's been the last six plus years of my life has been trying to pour all of this into software to make it easy for people. Yeah, I, I, I think it's brilliant. And you're the only guy that I've ever seen do anything to this level. And it's it's so because you're trying to like some vendors have that for their own product. But then you got to find the vendor. You don't know your pricing, all the things in there. And you you're taking really customized stuff for individual companies. And I'm sure that has a ton of headaches with it. <laughs> yeah, and it's a ton. And I was actually I was talking to my friend Gary Smalling earlier today. And he yeah. said if it was easy, everyone would do it. You know? Yeah, yeah. But so that leads us into what's led you into a, a new offering. Yeah, man. So so uh, for the last like six years or so, the way that Wi-Fi has worked is Wi-Fi has been like a, a bolt-on for your website. So basically, 
like you guys use Wi-Fi and you've got a button that says, get my estimate. When you click on it, it, it takes you to a, a micro site that's branded out to Ashbusters where someone can get a, get an estimate for their project. Well, for the last year or so, we've been asking the question, what if we just started building websites and baking Wi-Fi into it? So it was an entire integrated process where we could really build a complete sales funnel from the point that a customer comes on the site getting an initial coupon going all the way through their product selection, through email marketing, follow up, and then into a sale. So like, it's actually, this is the first official announcement of it. We did like a soft, because we've got a number of people in the hopper for it, but, but yeah, basically, I mean, we, we think we can build a really nice looking website that drives serious leads um, and is uh, significantly, significantly less expensive than what, the market has and you're saying you're building them pretty cheap and super. Yeah, I mean, cheap. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, like under five grand, I mean, cause, cause here's the thing for me. And I mean, this is just my, my, my whole thing when it comes to marketing is I believe um, a lot of the technology that we use has gotten cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. And um, to build a website, like, dude, that's easy, man. I just got to jump into WordPress, click on a theme. There's my site. Like, and it is a little more complicated than that. Right. But what, what moves the needle on a website, like, man, I mean, you can spend 50 grand on a website that doesn't get you any sales if it doesn't have a sales funnel built into it. And so um, what we wanted to do was to be able to provide a website that looks really nice, has a very tight sales funnel. And it's something that even if someone cancels Wi-Fi, do they keep the website? They just got to they just got to add their products to it since Wi-Fi is not going to be displaying them. So, yeah, we uh, if, if people go to wifire.com, um, W-H-Y-F-I-R-E.com, uh, they can sign up. They can get on the waiting list and um, we'd love to help them with it. I, I feel a, I feel a huge burden for that. So, yeah, I appreciate you plugging that, Mark. Oh, dude, your products are great. You you are a, a blessing to this industry. And if you say I've got something new, I'm I want to see it. You know, there's there's a handful of guys in this industry that really make good products and they really have good hearts and they they want the best of the industry and and I want them to be you know I want them to be blessed from yeah. from their givingness because that's where you guys come from. And I had another comment and I don't know the answer to this. It says. Oh, hold on. It says, um, does this, does it do cost analysis? That's a great question. And the answer is no. So, so Wi-Fi strictly operates off of retail pricing. It doesn't do anything with cost analysis. Okay. Yeah. So Now the pricing can be custom. It's like whatever you want to sell it for, we can plug that in, but it doesn't do any cost analysis. And that's what you do for us. We gave you all of the prices that we have yeah. to charge because we're pretty expensive. Yeah. And you built that into the cake. So when somebody makes a cake on the site, it gives you a rough price and it's yeah. really accurate. But then we send a tech out to yeah. verify all the stuff they put in was right. But it's it's a hot lead. It's not, you know, yeah. it's not they thought it was two thousand, it's really seven thousand. We're having a conversation that it was yeah. they thought it was six to seven, it's actually seven to eight or it's a it's a yeah. better range. Yeah. Uh, yeah. a couple other comments said uh Tim just built us a website and it's awesome. Oh We're man getting so much traffic, so many people reaching out through the site. Gary's wow. Gary's listening. That's cool. That's cool. That's funny. Yeah, I I, I quoted I, I hope you're listening, Gary, and I quoted you earlier today. Yeah. So that's great. A uh, uh, quick pickup. Uh, yeah. And then this one was Chad. I'm not sure who asked it, which one was Chad. So 
Uh, thanks for listening, Chad. So, man, this is great. Is, there, is this the best way for people to get in touch with you going to wifire.com? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, go to wifire.com. Um, there's a there's a link right there. You can schedule a demo and uh, and you can see the different different types of software that we have for you. Are you speaking anywhere coming up? I know HPBA is coming up and CSG well, in a few months and, and after the new year. But do you have any upcoming engagements people can catch you at? Um, not until 2024. So 2024 is going to be pretty busy. Um, we'll, NCSG may not pick me. I still haven't heard back from them. So we'll see. We'll see if I'm at the NCSG show. But uh, I have a feeling I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be there. Um, I'll be speaking at the HPBA show. Um, I believe I'm going to be, I mean, in, in the summertime, I think I'm going to Denver for the, uh, or maybe Breckenridge, Colorado for the Mid-States HPBA. So I'll be, I'll be doing more of those events as we get towards the spring. But uh, nothing that's coming up through the end of the year. I think I'm going to be hanging out at home with my family. Yeah, a lot of people that are on the road kind of come off the road for, for a little bit before the yeah. spring education season picks back yeah. up. Yep. Well, man, uh, last question. Anything music-wise? Uh, are we going to play at HPBA? Oh, or everything? You know, uh, I, I played a punk show about three weeks ago and, uh, it was, it was unreal. And, uh, so the juices are flowing for sure. I don't know if, uh, I can put something together in time for HPBA, but Mark, man, uh, you as the drummer, Dave Rettinger is the second guitar player. And, uh, we'll find somebody to play bass for us. I got a good bass player for you. All right. All right, man. Well, it's always a joy speaking with you. Thank you for taking your time. I know you're dead tired and it means a lot for you to come on the show and spread your knowledge. So thank you so much. Thanks, man. Appreciate you having me and everybody here. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, Just always, I'm sitting here making notes while Tim's talking. I've got, I got 10 notes while while he talks and I've heard him speak 10 times. He and Alan both, speak to me. I love the, I love the process of figuring out how to communicate better to the customer with, with what we know they could benefit from and building a business out of that. It's just so exciting to me. And and in the world of keeping people safe, having them warm, having them enjoy their home more, it's just, uh, it's exciting to me. So thank you guys for all the questions. We had great participation always a big deal to have people come on the show and do that and, and help me with the show, ask questions. I won't, I'll be out of the country next week. I get to go on a scuba dive trip with a family. We're going down to Honduras and we'll be gone next week. And then, so I'll pick up the show the week after that. So that being said, thank you guys for participating. Thank you so much for everything. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes or any place that you listen to podcasts. More information is also available at markstoner.com.